Jerome Powell drops the ball. Some leadership change-ups at Facebook. Coinbase goes on the acquisition front. The U.S. may tighten travel rules. And the Gradesdale jumps into Solana. This is the Running With The Money briefing. Let's get into it. And welcome to the Running With The Money Briefing, where we go over the biggest headlines, biggest analyst calls, and how they affect the market every single day of the week. Now, moving into what in the world is going on with the indexes today, we see the Dow Jones down 490, NASDAQ down 191, and the S&P 500 down 60. And, you know, that is off the lows earlier today around 12 p.m. We definitely saw some nasty numbers, and who knows what's going to happen going into the close today. But what is sending this market to the downside? Well, it seems to be a group of things, including COVID-19 and the new variant, but we'll get into that later. The biggest headline of the day today is Jerome Powell and what in the world he is saying in front of the Senate. So, shifting into his commentary, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, well, guess what? He's talking a faster taper to those monthly bond purchases, something the market did not want to hear. But this is also something we've been hearing out of multiple Fed members over the past few weeks, and we've talked about it in the previous briefings. Now, shifting in to what he said specifically, he said, first, at this point, the economy is very strong and inflationary pressures are higher, and it is therefore appropriate, in my view, to consider wrapping up the taper of our asset purchases, which we actually announced at the November meeting, perhaps a few months sooner. I expect that we will discuss that in our upcoming meeting. So in essence, what he's saying here is that, look, I think we can taper much quicker than the $15 billion a month that we're currently doing, and we announced at the last meeting, and he basically says, we're to discuss possibly a quicker taper, possibly ending this taper process a few months sooner than expected. He goes on to say, quote, the need for that in reference to the buying program has clearly diminished as the economy has continued to strengthen, as we've seen continued significant inflationary pressures, and that's why we announced that we would taper, and it's why we're now saying we're going to discuss a somewhat faster taper at our next meeting. So in essence, what he's saying here is those inflationary pressures on on top of a strengthening economy is basically justification for possibly a faster taper here. And investors were definitely not liking the quote significant inflationary pressures. Now he went on to talk about COVID-19 and the effects that this new COVID omni this new COVID omni variant will have on the economy and inflation. So he went on to basically say that look, you could actually see some elevated inflation pressures due to this um, COVID-19 variant if it affects the supply chain. He basically said, quote, that the Omicron variant poses downside risk to the employment and economic activity and increased uncertainty for inflation. By the way, he also got rid of one key word today. What is that word? He got rid of transitory. Finally, maybe the Fed is admitting that inflation isn't as transitory as expected. He said, we tend to use it to mean that it won't leave a permanent mark in the form of higher inflation. I think it's a good time to retire that word, transitory, and try to explain more clearly what we mean. So maybe the Fed is backing up some of this transitory inflation talk. Now, he rounded out his commentary here with, quote, 
Since the last meeting, we've seen basically elevated inflationary pressures. We've seen very strong labor market data without any improvement in labor supply. And we've seen strong spending too. He goes on to say, and remembering that every dollar of asset purchases does increase accommodation, we now look at an economy that is very strong and inflationary pressures that are high. So in essence, he is saying here that, look, the economy is strong, the labor market is improving, and now these asset purchases that we are making here throughout this process is actually somewhat possibly stoking inflation. So it's definitely something to pay attention to. And by the way, that December meeting is December 14th and 15th. And according to the Fed, according to Jerome Powell today, they're going to be talking about a quicker taper. Some investors believe that there will be rate hikes much quicker than expected. And you see today in the markets that maybe some of those bets are being made. Now shifting into another headline of the day that actually took down an individual name within the markets. Now, whether this name was simply drugged down by the markets or whether it was drugged down by this headline, who knows? But taking a look at what Meta is doing with their leadership. Facebook announcing today the resignation of David Marcus will be leaving the company or Meta. He'll be leaving Meta and their cryptocurrency division um, at the end of the year, actually. So what did David Marcus do at Meta or Facebook as it was previously known? So pretty much he headed up their financial projects division and that financial projects division was working on cryptocurrencies and blockchain technologies. For instance, DM, uh, D-I-E-M, which was a crypto project that they were working on and ultimately a lot of these projects actually failed due to the fact that the U.S. government and other governments globally did not like um, you know basically the power grab by Facebook they didn't like that Facebook was getting into this blockchain and cryptocurrency technology they saw it as a threat they saw that Facebook was trying to come up with this cryptocurrency as a threat to the dollar somewhat and basically it was a lot of controversy um, throughout the entire process over the past few years of Facebook attempting to get into the crypto world. So Facebook continues to push on, but the leader, David Marcus, will be leaving. And, you know, his initial role at Facebook was actually a vice president of the messenger service. And then he shifted in 2018 into those financial projects in that division. And the first project out of that division was the Libra blockchain currency. And then they changed it and then they changed it again. And now you have Novi, which is their crypto wallet, but he is leaving. Now, when it referencing um, why he was leaving. He went on to say, quote, while there's still so much to do right now on the heels of launching Novi, and I remain as passionate as ever about the need for change in our payments and financial systems, my entrepreneurial DNA has been nudging me for too many mornings in a row to continue ignoring it. So Mark is pretty much saying that, look, he wants to go out, he wants to do his own thing, he wants to build something new, and he just has a motivation to do something else other than what he has been doing in previous years at Meta or Facebook. We got some commentary out of Mark Zuckerberg on this. He said, quote, we wouldn't have taken such a big swing at DM without your leadership. And I'm grateful you've made Meta the place where we make those big bets. So who is going to be replacing him? Well, executive Stefan Crisale will replace Marcus as the head of of Facebook's Novi Financial Projects Division. So some bigger changes happening over at Facebook when it comes to their cryptocurrency projects and what they are doing within their financial projects.
Now, shifting into our biggest analyst calls of the day, the first call here is Morgan Stanley downgrading Solar Edge to equal rate from overweight. You take a look at the stock today, and that name is moving to the downside, down over 5.23%. Today, that's 18 points. But then Morgan Stanley have to say, they go on to say, quote, we continue to see SEDG Solar Edge as a premium player with a wide economic mo in the solar space. That said, after the stock outperformed the Solar Global Index by 20% year to date, we now see a more balanced risk reward. So in essence here, it's pretty much just a valuation call coming out of Morgan Stanley on Solar Edge. Now shifting into our next call out of Bank of America, upgrading Square to neutral from underperform, taking a look at what Square is doing today and how that is trading. You see the name down 2.15%, currently sitting at 208 bucks per share. Bank of America goes on to say, quote, we are also incrementally encouraged by yesterday's announcement that Jack Dorsey is stepping down as CEO of Twitter meaning he can devote all of his time to being CEO at Square, which we view as good timing with the Afterpay integration looming. So in essence, Bank of America upgrading Square based on the transition of Jack Dorsey out of Twitter to full-time Square. Shifting into our next call by Wells Fargo, reiterating Boeing as a top pick. Now, Boeing has been a tough one in recent weeks. It's been catching actually quite a few upgrades, but unfortunately, the stock continues to get pounded due to these COVID-19 fears and some other things. So taking a look at what Wells Fargo had to say, they go on to say, quote, aerospace continues to represent one of the largest long-term growth opportunities in industrials in RV with underlying passenger and freight demand supporting low double-digit deliveries, CAG R through mid-decade. So in essence, Wells Fargo saying here that they like Boeing simply because not only is it a big time competitor in the aerospace industry, but also they see quite a bit of growth for aerospace itself. Now, shifting into JP Morgan, reiterating Facebook. As a top pick, what do they have to say about Meta or Facebook? They go on to say, quote, We believe Meta's virtual ownership of the social graph, strong competitive moat, and focus on the user experience make it an enduring blue chip company built for the long term. JP Morgan reiterating Facebook as a top pick simply based on their business fundamentally and the strength of that social business. Now, shifting into another call by JP Morgan reiterating Netflix as a top pick. What do they have to say about Netflix? They go on to say, quote, We believe Netflix is a key beneficiary and driver of ongoing disruption in linear TV and the company's content performing well globally and driving a virtuous cycle or circle of strong subscriber growth, more revenue, and growing profits. So JP Morgan reiterating Netflix on the belief that they are going to be a key beneficiary and driver of this disruption of linear TV and they believe that Netflix will continue to grow as they are the leader or a leader in the streaming space. Now, we got another call out of JP Morgan reiterating Amazon as a top pick. Man, they love the big boys today. Going on to say, quote, we believe Amazon is well positioned as the leader in e-commerce and public cloud. Where these secular shifts remain early, U.S. e-commerce represents 20% of adjusted retail sales, and we estimate 15% of workloads are in the cloud today. So in essence, JP Morgan saying, look, you know, Amazon is the e-commerce leader still. There's a lot of growth to happen within e-commerce in the public cloud, and therefore we see the company doing well in the coming months and years. We had UBS reiterating Microsoft as a buy the day. They go on to say, quote, the 90% rally in Microsoft shares since the first quarter in September, print in late October, was a result of a number of positives. Strong Azure growth and improved margin tone. But if there was one surprise, it may have been the significant outperformance in Windows OEM revenues up 10% year over year compared to Microsoft's guidance 
for a mid to high single digit decline. So in essence, what do we have coming out of UBS on Microsoft with this buy reiteration? They're basically saying, look, their earnings in 1Q September actually were pretty darn solid or since 1Q September, the earnings have been strong. We've liked the growth in Azure and they improved the margins and we actually like the surprise growth in Windows OEM revenues and therefore we like the stock. Now shifting into a call by Morgan Stanley, which was also on Amazon as overweight, but they took a different tone. They go on to say, quote, what was one once a UPS FedEx duopoly had to contend with the swift rise of the USPS in the last decade. And now Amazon is potentially soon to be the largest parcel carrier in the United States. So Morgan Stanley saying here that, look, UPS and FedEx have led this parcel carrier industry for years, if not decades, and now Amazon's coming in and eating their lunch. A big-time call out of Morgan Stanley reiterating Amazon as overweight. And finally, we have Bank of America reiterating Twitter as a buy. They go on to say, quote, we also think investors would like more visibility for a senior leader at Twitter with an ad sales background to build confidence in the direct response opportunity. As part of the release, Twitter indicated no change in fourth quarter guidance or 2023 targets, and we think Twitter remains attractive at six times 2022 revenues below our five company sector average multiple at 8.4. So in essence, Bank of America liking the leadership change at Twitter, and they are also liking the valuation on Twitter. Very interesting take out of Bank of America on Twitter. Now shifting into our final few headlines here, Coinbase is going on the acquisition front. Some news crossed the tape today that Coinbase actually acquired Israel's unbound security. Now, the details of this transaction were not made public, but this is a firm in Israel, Unbound Security, and basically what they do is they develop ways to store and transfer crypto tokens um, more easily and securely. Now, according to Coinbase, this is going to increase the presence of their platform in Israel, where the company, Coinbase, actually plans to expand their technology research development over in Israel over time. In fact, quote, significantly over time, and that's according to Coinbase's blog on their investor relations. So definitely something to pay attention to, but this is nothing new. This acquisition front is nothing new to Coinbase, at least this year. In fact, Coinbase over the past year has acquired 13 companies. Holy Toledo, earlier in November, we saw them acquire and go on to purchase India's Agara, and that will improve their customer service. And they also bought or brought over a team from BRD Crypto Wallets. So some very interesting stuff coming out of Coinbase. 13 acquisitions this year, bringing on a lot of crypto teams and expanding their footprint globally. Some very interesting stuff at a Coinbase, um, pretty much the leader in the space right now when it comes to exchanges and popularity of exchanges, obviously, whether they're the best, who knows, but their popularity is very much outsized when compared to other exchanges. Now, taking a look at what the U.S. is doing when it comes to this new COVID variant. So, according to U.S. officials, there is, quote, no evidence of Omicron in the United States, and but we also got commentary out of Biden. He went on to say it's almost inevitable that the variant will arrive, and he said that yesterday. So who in the know? Who in the world knows what is going on with our government and the Omicron variant and the Centers for Disease Control? But the Center for Disease Control and Prevention did say today that they are considering taking extended measures to keep this Omicron variant out of the United States, and that's according to Bloomberg. Now today we got some commentary out of the agency. They said that they're looking at narrowing testing windows does for travelers coming into the country and possibly adding new quarantine requirements 
And that is according to CDC Director Rochelle Walensky. And she said that today on a call with reporters. So that's definitely something to pay attention to. What is the Biden administration and CDC going to be doing about this new Omicron COVID-19 variant? Um, We still have yet to get a ton of details on this variant. We do not know officially really at all how the vaccine works on this new variant and what the exact symptoms of this new variant are. So there's a lot of question marks with this, but we definitely do need to take note that the U.S. is considering now more regulation, more travel rules surrounding this new variant, which investors may not like. So it's definitely something to pay attention to. And then our final headline comes out of the cryptocurrency world. Grayscale is jumping in on Solana. So Grayscale Investments, they are launching a new trust that directly invests in Solana, and this is going to be added Added to their other 16 offerings that they currently add. Now, they're going to be using the CoinDesk Solana price index to strike their daily net asset value. It, it also carries a 2.5 annual fee or 2.5% annual fee. So that's something to take note of. At the moment, this fund is only going to be available to eligible investors and institutional accredited investors. So that's kind of a downside thing. But at the end of the day, it is notable that Grayscale is jumping in on Solana. When you take a look at what the company had to say, They go on to say, quote, it's one of the world's largest cryptocurrencies by market cap and it aims to increase network speed and scalability without compromising security or decentralization. Qualities that have made it a go-to blockchain for new users looking to get into crypto. With over 220 million users engaged in building and interacting in the crypto ecosystem, it's important to offer products for new technologies like Solana as they see continued Uh, or they continue to enable and encourage increased user access and adoption. So in essence here, Grayscale saying, look, we want to add more and more of these new technologies into our ecosystem. Solana being one of them, they have become more solidified and they offer a lot of great technology um, advancements. They offer a lot of great qualities and therefore we are adding it to our offerings. So some very notable stuff coming out of Grayscale when it comes to Solana. If you are a big time Solana lover, definitely probably a positive headline for you as well. Either way, thank you for listening to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing. We will be back tomorrow to go over the biggest headlines of the day per usual. But I need you to go give my boys over at Pounding The Table a listen and a follow. We are here at Running With The Money, proud team members of Pounding The Table. And therefore, you definitely need to go give Pounding The Table a listen on Spotify or Ever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, go check them out. The best content in the financial space. Also, please give me and my team a follow at Running With The Money on Instagram and Facebook and at Luke Donay on Twitter. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Easily Profit Trade On, and we will be back tomorrow.